Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Fontan with a Future podcast. My name is Taylor, and I'm a medical student living with a single ventricle heart. Join me as I explain Fontan physiology, explore new congenital heart disease research, and share about my experience as a patient and doctor in training. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about why exercise is so important for Fontan patients. I'll share about how the Fontan circulation responds to physical exertion, as well as some tips and tricks about how to find the exercise regimen that works best for you. Before we begin, the information in this podcast is not medical advice. It's important to consult your physician before making medical and lifestyle decisions that may affect your health. Hey everyone, welcome back to another week of the Fontan with a Future podcast. Thank you all so much for your patience as you waited for this next episode. These past two weeks have been a little bit crazy, but I'm super excited to be talking about exercise today. I think out of all the topics in Fontan circulation, exercise is probably one of my favorite to talk about. And I think one of the most important things um, that we don't always realize can be really, really helpful for improving patients' quality of life and just overall feeling of wellness, both physically as well as mentally and emotionally. Generally speaking, I think most of us are familiar with some of the benefits of regular exercise. This includes things like weight loss, muscle toning, increased strength, greater cardiovascular fitness, as well as a boost in mood, increased endorphins and energy throughout the day, and decreased feelings of perhaps sadness or anxiety. All these things, of course, are super important for Fontaine patients as well. However, exercise can provide some additional benefits that we may not necessarily think of when we first think about exercise. Now, I know a lot of people look at exercise as something big and scary. For some of us, especially those of us living with Fontan circulation, we may have a slightly decreased exercise capacity just due to the changes in our circulation. Some of us may also have a lot of negative emotions or fear associated with exercise due to past experiences or concerns about our health or hurting ourselves. However, this does not mean that we cannot exercise or that we should not exercise. In fact, it means just the opposite. It means that in spite of perhaps some of these minor limitations that our circulation provides us, we certainly should be exercising to maintain the cardiovascular fitness we have and to make sure that our body is in the best shape possible. Lots of studies have found that Fontan patients that engage in regular fitness tend to have an increased quality of life. They tend to feel better on a daily basis. They also tend to have less anxiety or mood concerns as well. Along with this, many review studies have found that little to no adverse events have happened during exercise for Fontan patients. There have been meta-studies which have pulled together lots of data from lots of different studies 
And they've shown that in over 200 patients that have been exercising as spontans, about three of those patients have endured some type of adverse event. And it's been a very small, limited, transient adverse event. So for those of you who are concerned about exercising and causing significant harm to your body, this is very, very unlikely. Of course, your doctor might have specific recommendations based off of you and your heart that you want to make sure you're following. But for most of us, there is really no risk or harm when it comes to exercise. The Fontan circulation does cause some interesting things to happen when we exercise or exert ourselves physically. I'm going to explain a few of them here. First of all, a lot of my fellow Fontan patients notice that when they work out or exercise pretty hard, they have a drop in their blood oxygen saturation levels. Typically, this is measured using what we call a pulse oximeter. You might know this as a little clip or a little bandage you wrap around your finger that has a red light, and it essentially monitors how saturated your red blood cells are with oxygen. Typically, in a person that is healthy and does not have Fontan circulation, this number is going to be 99 or 100%. However, for those of us with Fontan circulation, we typically tend to sit a little bit lower, perhaps in the mid to low 90s, and maybe even some of us in the mid to high 80s. This is caused by many different things, but some of us may have a fenestration or a hole in our Fontan conduit, which allows oxygenated and deoxygenated blood to mix together. When we exercise as a Fontan patient, our body becomes less efficient at oxygenating our blood. So our pulse ox, which may have normally sat at 90%, may begin to drop to the 80s or even lower. For myself personally, I once reached 78%, which was kind of crazy. This is a reflection of the cardiovascular demand that our body is in. And in many patients, it is a very normal thing that happens. And after a period of rest, the oxygen saturation levels return to a normal baseline. For some of us, this can be a little bit scary to watch especially if we're at the doctor's doing exercise testing. And it may cause some feelings of dizziness or wooziness or things like that. However, generally speaking, our body is used to dealing with lower oxygen levels and creates more hemoglobin in our blood, which is the group that holds oxygen, to try to combat some of these feelings we might experience with low blood oxygen saturations. Another interesting thing that happens in Fontan circulation with exercise is that many patients tend to have what we call a blunted or decreased maximum heart rate. As we start to exercise and exert ourselves, our heart rate may not climb as high as people who have two working ventricles. This is thought to be caused by a lot of different things. First and foremost, during cardiac surgery, there can be some damage to the heart's electrical system. As surgeons manipulate the heart walls, connections and things can be severed or altered in some way that the heart cannot beat 
as fast as it would have otherwise. However, this is also thought to be linked to the fact that Fontan patients have a fixed stroke volume and preload. Now let me back up and explain this to you. As many of you have heard from my other episodes, Fontan patients have passive return of venous blood to the heart. There's no pumping chamber that can pump or propel blood into the lungs. This means that no matter how fast our heart is beating, the blood is still going to probably get there at the same time. There's no way for us to amplify or increase the amount of blood that's returning to the heart. And we call this amount of blood that returns to the heart and fills up the ventricle preload. Basically, the fixed amount of volume that enters the ventricle before it's pumped to the body. The concept of preload is also linked to stroke volume, which we said again was fixed. Stroke volume is essentially the volume of blood that is pumped out of the ventricle each time it beats. In patients that have two chambers functioning in a heart, when they exercise, they can increase the preload or the amount of blood that is being delivered to the left ventricle every time. And they can also therefore increase the amount of blood that is pumped out every time the heart pumps. Therefore, they're delivering larger amount of volume to the left ventricle and thus out to the body. So even while the body is working hard and exerting itself, it's getting an increased amount of blood and nutrients to continue on. In the Fontan patient, unfortunately, these mechanisms are not at play because we don't have that extra pump to help move blood from the body to the lungs. Therefore, even if our heart rate is a lot faster and we're exerting ourselves more, we're still stuck with the same volume of blood being moved from the body to the lungs, to the heart chamber, and out to the body again. Our heart rate is unable to get too high because if the ventricle is contracting too quickly, it doesn't have enough time to relax and to be filled passively with blood before it contracts again. These are just some of the really interesting changes and alterations that happen in someone's body when they exercise with Fontan circulation compared to somebody that has two functioning pumping chambers. This also explains why Fontan patients when they work out might feel more fatigued or out of breath, might need more breaks, and might even show signs of cyanosis or turning blue around the lips or the fingers. However, again, many of these things are transient conditions that happen during physical exertion and are reversed after a patient rests. While these indicate that our circulation is a little different from the person next to us, they don't necessarily mean we're in any imminent danger or harm because of it. Now that we talked about how the Fontan circulation responds to exercise, I want to talk about two really important major benefits of exercise for the Fontan patient. These are in addition to all of the benefits that exercise provides to just about anyone who works out. The first major benefit I want to talk about is the building of lower body strength. Like I said earlier, the Fontan circulation relies on passive return of venous blood to the heart. 
the blood in our lower legs has to work against gravity to return to the heart and be recirculated to the body. Muscles in our lower legs can actually help propel venous blood upwards back to our heart. Anytime you contract those muscles in the lower leg, they compress those vessels in the leg, causing the blood to shoot upwards. As we build strength in our lower legs, we have more tone in our muscles, even at rest. This can help improve venous return, which if you remember from my hydration podcast, increased venous return to the heart causes the heart ventricle to fill up more and causes it to pump or contract more effectively. While lower leg muscles can never make up for a heart chamber, they can certainly help us when it comes to making our circulation more effective and efficient. There's lots of different exercises and ways that you can really tone your lower legs to try to improve that overall venous return and cardiac output. Some care centers are even coming up with exercise prescriptions or specific programs that can help target these areas to improve strength and fitness. The second major benefit of exercise that I want to talk about is the improvement in mental health and mood. It's no secret that a lot of Fontan patients or those with CHD tend to struggle with depression and anxiety. There's a lot of different theories on why this is, whether a product of past medical trauma, just fears about having a chronic medical condition, or other changes in brain neurotransmitters that might contribute to these feelings. Regardless of the cause, exercise is a really excellent way to combat some of these struggles. When we exercise, our body releases certain chemicals into our bloodstream to boost mood. These include things like endorphins, serotonin, and norepinephrine. Serotonin and norepinephrine in particular have been implicated in both anxiety and depression. When we exercise, sometimes people can experience at least a transient resolution of some of their symptoms and a mood boost that can help propel them through their day. I can also speak to the power of exercise in changing someone's perspective about their chronic illness or condition. I know for myself personally, it can feel really empowering and liberating to be able to move my body and engage in physical activity. While some days I may not feel fully up to having a really challenging workout routine, I always feel refreshed and re-energized after I work out. When I exercise, I'm able to refocus on all the things that I'm capable of doing. I feel a lot more in tune with my body and can enjoy the gift of movement. I realize this may not be everyone's experience with exercise and sometimes it might feel really frustrating or discouraging when you try to exert yourself physically. However, I think even the smallest steps towards movement or even the gentlest forms of exercise can still bring around some great benefits when it comes to your mental health and wellness.
Now that I've discussed some of the workings of the Fontan circulation, as well as some of the benefits of exercise, I want to finish this podcast by giving some really what I hope will be helpful tips and pointers when it comes to exercising with Fontan circulation. Everyone is at a different point in their journey. Some of you may exercise super consistently and love it. Others of you may have a really hard time getting started or finding something that works for you. It is okay to be in any of these places. Recognize where you are and make a goal of where you want to get to. I think the first and most important thing, if you don't learn anything else from this podcast, is to find a form of activity that you love. Everyone's body is different and everyone's body can handle different forms of activity. Just because you see someone running marathons and thriving does not mean that that is the right or best form of exercise for you. I know for myself personally, I tried so many times to get into running. And every time I tried to go for a run, I felt super frustrated and discouraged. I would get pain in my chest. I would get really bad tendonitis in my ankles. It was just not working. And I finally had to come to a place where I realized that this doesn't work for me. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that all other forms of exercise won't work for me either. I know some heart warriors who do fantastic with really intensive cardiac activities like running, soccer, basketball, sports like that. However, I found it most beneficial for myself to engage in activities that have breaks built into them. For example, I did ballet all growing up. And the rhythm of ballet classes is that you're taught a combination, you do the combination, and then you take a break and learn the next combination before you start in again. Having those natural breaks and intervals was really helpful to provide me with some time to catch my breath and prepare for the next activity. You may be similar to me where you feel like those super hard intensive cardiac workouts with no breaks whatsoever just leave you feeling absolutely exhausted and terrible. Search for exercises and workouts that incorporate these breaks. Just because you can't do the 5k does not mean you can't exercise period. I think another really important thing about exercise is to find a good environment to exercise in. For example, I know that my body is really sensitive to heat and hot weather. Doing activities in the summer, outside, when it's really, really warm, makes me feel awful. Again, this doesn't mean that I should never exercise, period, but it means that maybe it's best if I look for activities that can be done inside in a place with air conditioning. For you, maybe you've never noticed that these things have bothered you, and that's great too. But be kind to your body and find places where you will thrive and be able to do your best work. Another really important tip is to advocate for yourself and take breaks when you need them. It is okay to need some extra recovery time or have to step out for a moment. 
When I was growing up, I would always get so frustrated when I felt like I couldn't keep up with other people. And my mom always had to remind me, hey, you are doing everything that they are doing, but with half of a heart. They may not know that, but they don't need to. The fact that you're able to do what you do is amazing. So be kind to yourself and make sure that you give yourself breaks. Sometimes it can be helpful if you're exercising in a group environment to ensure that maybe one or two people around you are aware of your heart condition. I know for myself, when I was doing dance classes, I always made sure that I had a friend and a dance teacher that were aware of my heart condition. I didn't give them all the details, but I wanted them to know what was going on if I needed to step out, and I wanted to make sure that I would be permitted to take breaks as I needed. Make sure that you have the resources and the time that you need to really thrive through your workout. I've known so many times where I've tried to push myself so hard to get through the end of a workout without any breaks. I felt absolutely defeated at the end and I really wasn't able to do my best work. If I would have just taken a pause, let myself catch my breath for a few minutes and hopped back in, I would have had a much more enjoyable time and I would have had a much more efficient, beneficial workout. Killing yourself so that you can blend in with a group is not going to serve you and your body well in the end. You know your body best. Listen to it and do what it needs you to do. Another super important tip that hopefully you should already know if you listen to my hydration episode is to drink fluids while you're exercising. The Fontan circulation requires that you remain hydrated in order for efficient blood circulation. When you work out, you're sweating a lot and you're losing a lot of liquids. You need to make sure that you are repleting your fluids. You will feel better throughout your workout, and you'll have a quicker recovery afterwards too. I know some forms of exercise may not necessarily permit you to be drinking during your workout, but make sure to please load up on fluids before and after. You don't want to get to the end of your workout feeling absolutely shaky and boozy and realizing that you did not drink enough before. I try to always make sure, at least after my workouts, that I force myself to sit down and drink a full cup of water with lemon, sometimes even some coconut water, or a sports drink, just to make sure I'm repleting my fluids. You want your exercises to work for you, and you want to be able to continue with your day and not feel totally knocked out afterwards. Sometimes this is unavoidable. But making sure that you are staying hydrated and drinking enough fluids will help mitigate some of these issues afterwards. My last final tip I want to offer before I close this out is something that I've been alluding to in a lot of these other tips. But it's to be kind to yourself and your body. There are some days you are going to wake up and you are not going to feel well and you're not going to want to work out. And that is okay. I've had days where I have started a workout and it has gone really poorly and I've been so frustrated with myself and my body. But the fact of the matter is, everyone has good days and bad days, regardless of whether or not they're living with Fontan circulation. 
It is okay to have a day where you need to rest and recover or a day where you do much lighter exercise or just go through the motions for some things. Like I said before, you are doing everything with half of a heart and that is absolutely amazing. Keep up the incredible work and don't let yourself get discouraged by days where you're not feeling 100%. It is okay to take the day off and relax. Moving your body and working your body is incredible, but respecting your body and giving yourself space and time to recover is just as important as well. We've covered a lot of different topics in this week's episode about exercise, and there's many more things that I could talk about as well. I think the biggest takeaways from this week is first and foremost that exercise is good and important for everyone, and there are really important benefits for the Fontan patient, like building lower body strength and improving mood. It's also important to note that there are some significant changes that occur within someone's body with Fontan circulation when they work out. And some of these changes can contribute to feelings of being out of breath or maybe not being able to exercise as intensely as somebody else. The amazing thing about all of this is that when doctors originally created the Fontan procedure, they estimated that patients would have significantly decreased exercise tolerance. However, now we've collected tons of data about Fontan patients and we're seeing that this is not necessarily true. Fontan patients everywhere are showing that they can have exercise capacity that is near normal, if not normal or above the average person with two pumping ventricles. That's absolutely amazing and a testament to how incredible our bodies are and how they are able to adapt to so many different circumstances. If you're not an avid exerciser already, I hope that this podcast has encouraged you to look into some forms of exercise that you or your heart warrior might enjoy. Be kind to your body and enjoy the gift of movement. Your heart will thank you later. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bontan with the Future podcast. My name is Taylor and I hope you will join me next week to hear more about CHD. If you want to reach out or learn more, follow me at Bontan with the Future on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again. Hope to have you listening next week.